in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the stupendous Glenn Stansberry. Brian, that's that's high praise. What a uh, this is actually a positive positive description. What, do I normally describe you as negative things? Um, I I think you tend to lean that way. Look, I just tell it like it is. You're not fair this and is balanced. Hard hitting um, news, <laughs> and uh, I, I tell it like it is. Every every two weeks, I line up and I deliver the goods. Well, what what why what's the stupendous? Uh, uh, I, I just this week I just felt like that was a good wow. descriptor. Wow, thank you. I don't know what to say. Well, you know, Glenn, uh, uh, thank you would be a good start. Okay, yeah, Brian, thank you, thank yeah. you for. Uh, wow, that's what I would lead with. Wow, I how are you? Um, a little, yeah, it's 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 high praise. I'm gonna need a second here, especially coming from uh, such a harsh critic as I usually am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of harsh critics, Glenn, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com has had some harsh critics over the years, namely us, former presidents, yes, that's uh, true. sitting presidents, yes, uh, movie stars, mm-hmm. uh, directors, mm-hmm. musicians. Uh, Everyday common men. Some some people in bars. People in bars. Uh, but we said, hey, we don't care. We don't mm-hmm. care what all the detractors say. We're going to deliver a manly site that's all about uh, the good things in life. Mm. Meaning learning cool stuff, being entertained by cool stuff, uh, clicking on things. Things that taste good. Things that taste good. Uh, so anyway, that's what Gentleman.com is all about. Yes. And so go over to Gentleman.com, visit Gentleman.com, and click some stuff. And once you get intoxicated by the aroma of Gentleman.com, there's a, another step you can take, which is to go over to podcast.gentleman.com and listen to all 110 past episodes of the Gentleman Podcast in sequence. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> so if you do that, then you will be in a different place. I can't say what kind of place that was. You may not come back. You may not come back, and you may you may be changed and different. You may uh, stay in, in that ways. Place. You may be incredibly bored. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, go do that. It'll help us out. That'd be great. If everybody out there goes and listens to every episode of Gentleman Podcast, um, be, that's easy. That would be <clears throat> that would be something. It would solve a lot of problems. It would. Uh, anyway, Glenn, and once you do that, I'm sure you're going to want to get a hold of us because you're going to want to really tear into us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we're going to make clear to you that you can do uh, by uh, sending us a letter to P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas 66044. We'll get your letter. We'll take it. We will consider it. We will, even if you have bad words to say about us, mm-hmm. we will think through those bad words. We will talk about them on the Gentleman Podcast. We will set your letter on... The official Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is Hall of Fame. Uh, and we'll send you a little something back in return. Because yeah. that's the kind of guys we are. And we'll probably send you a letter back with the same tenor that you uh, exactly. sent us. Uh, okay, yeah. Wise guy. 
treat us like you'd like to be treated exactly. in your letter to the gentleman podcast. The golden male rule. The golden rule. Not male, like, like yeah. mailbag mail. Mail letters. Rule. Not, like, right. Yes. Like postal. Not, yes. The golden postal rule. Not gender specific. No. Um, and if you can't do that, failing that, failing. <laughs> Being able to adhere to the unwritten code of the postal office, mm-hmm. you can say, uh, you know, ignore all those postal rules and use this new electronic medium called email, mm-hmm. and you can get in touch with us, howdyagentleman.com, or you can go to various social networks that apparently exist on the internet. I don't know. I, I only go to gentleman.com, but apparently there are things like, I'm just going to... I'm going to try to appeal to the the, the audience. The masses. You know? Yeah. And say, you know, stuff like YouTube. Hmm. Oh. Or Facebook. You could tweet at us. You could tweet at us. Uh, things like that. Send us Chidio. a direct tweet. You could follow us on Farmers Only. Maybe share delicious link with us. <laughs> Delicious and nutritious. <laughs> I'm not talking about the social network. No, I I'm mean, talking like about like a actually, delicious, yeah. like a Granny you know, Smith, a, like a, you know, maybe a, a link about steak or something. That would oh, be great. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Anyway, Glenn, point is, there's a lot of uh, social networks people can get in touch with us on, and we welcome you to do so. Mm. Okay, now that means it's time to actually get into the meat of the episode, the steak of the episode, the filet mignon. Mm. of the episode mm. a delicious buttery part of the episode which is the drink of the week Glenn. and uh, this week I went to the store in search of something new a little different direction and I found something I had an idea about something I was going to get and this was not it They <laughs> like the liquor store did not have the thing that I wanted them to yeah. have but I put that in my back pocket and then you know maybe in a month we'll get to it uh, but in, instead we have here a brewing company that we have never talked about before from a state that we had never talked about before that's true on the gentleman podcast regarding brewing companies i'm sure we talked about the state in some regard but this is the i don't know how to say this it's it's based the brewing company is in salt lake city utah and it's named after a mountain range and i don't know how to say this it's u-i-n-t-a so i'm gonna guess it's it Oinita? Ointa? 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 Ointa or Ointo? Ointa Mountains in Utah. And this uh, is, this is the Golden Air from Golden Ale from Ointa Brewing. I'm just going to, that's how it's pronounced. Ointa. I don't care how they pronounce it, this is yeah. the, how it's going to be pronounced that's from now on. The mountains. Ointa Mountains. Uh, anyway, this is, this and, and this is uh, their park series. So they have different, uh, this is. If you go and you look at the packaging for this particular beer, they have a couple of different um, uh, labels uh, based on national parks. And this is the mountain one. There's also one with some bison, 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 which I thought was really cool. But they didn't have it at the store. They just had this one, so I grabbed this one. But um, what what struck me about this beer, what really made me look at it and say, I'm taking this one home with me, was I went to, of course, due diligence. I went to the store. I saw this beer. I was interested in it. I looked it up on its website, and on their website, they had a badge, and it said, awards won. Like, how many awards has this beer won? Zero. <laughs> and it had a zero, and it said, this has won zero awards. And I was I like this. I like this idea, because we've talked about, over and over again, how many 
brewing companies always, oh, we've won seven different, we won a hundred different awards with this beer. Gold medal. Great medal, gold medal, Southwest region, high school brewing company, you know, whatever. This this guy, it's, uh, on their website, they say for this brew, they have won zero awards for it. And they're fine with it. They didn't remove the badge. They didn't do anything like that. They said this beer's won zero awards. And that, what you know what they're saying when they say that? Our beer is so good. We don't care how many awards. That's right. It's won. They're daring you. Exactly. They're saying, we're, we're fine with that. Mm-hmm. It hasn't won any awards. That's all right. Here it is. Go get our beer. And I appreciate that, and I applaud it. And so, as soon as I saw that, that sold me, and I grabbed this, uh, the gold nail. I, I've seen this beer all over. I, I don't know why I've never gotten it. Oh, really? Maybe because it hasn't won any awards, and I'm just, you know... This is the first time it really stuck out to me to get it. Uh, I know that they have their... I think they're more popular for their IPA that they have. Okay. I kept seeing that show up. I can't remember what it's called. It's some, you know, Mamby Pamby, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Hop Nosh Hop Nosh, that's IPA. the one I've seen, yeah. Uh, but we don't care about IPAs here because, you know, everybody's doing them. I, I like the... I, like, I mean, I like their website. I like the, the visual... Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. They, they're doing it right. They're doing, uh, yeah. Well, they taste good. Good package. I don't. Yeah, we're gonna have to find out, Glenn. I don't know. So <sighs> let's take a couple beers out of here and see what happens. So Brian, what, what was the, uh, the, the oh price the, the on price this on this? Uh, yeah, sorry. Some stats about it. For, the price is eight ninety nine. A little bit more than usual. Um, yeah. Five uh, percent alcohol. Twenty one IBUs. SRM five. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I, li- I like on the can, for starters, they give me uh, um, some stats about a, a park. I have Yosemite Park here. Mm. Um, and then I also, it says, goes well with anywhere. Okay. It doesn't try to say goes well with, Just whatever you know, you're doing. It goes well codfish with codfish and I believe that these designs capers. are based on the classic... Which we've all seen um, served around the internet, uh, classic posters for uh, parks. Okay. Uh, national parks. Um, so I, b- I believe that's what their their marketing stuff's based on. But anyway, Glenn, that doesn't matter. Let's let's open these up and see what we think of them, and see how it goes here. I like to. Oh yeah, that sounded good. It's got a good sound to it. A good crisp nice. sound. Yeah. Okay. Bottoms up, buddy. good yeah uh-oh we have oh we have a dissenter here it's not what i was expecting at all really I it's like kind of um it's not hoppy but it's kind of like a little sour on the end of it you know what it's i mean true yeah hmm it's good i actually like this because it's got some serious taste to it but it's not particularly hoppy right yeah, there's a lot of flavor. There's a lot going yeah, on. There is. And it's giving me pause because I can't figure out what's going on. Mmm. Ooh. Yeah. It's got some bite to it. Yeah. That's a good beer. It's a 21 IBU. That's about right. Yeah, that seems about right. It's, uh, you know, fairly tasty. Okay, Glenn, so if you had to uh, put a, you know, just an arbitrary, unimportant... Mm-hmm. Ignorable rating on this beer. Mm-hmm. What would it be? All right, Brian. Uh, you said the price is eight ninety nine. Yes, slightly higher. Um, hops are twenty. Um, hmm. I like this beer. 
I don't think I just can't give it quite into the eights. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with seven point nine. I was. That's exactly what I was going to. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to do seven point nine. I, I feel like to get into the eight category. Yeah, it's not quite there. It's not quite there, especially for the price. The price eight ninety nine. It's in cans. I like know. everything else about this. I mean, before you open it up, I like everything else about this. Exactly. This brewery and this beer, but the taste is just. You know, I, I contrast this with like a Deschutes beer, and it's yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, not I agree. Close. It's not 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 quite there, but I, I I like this quite a bit. I was I'm surprised. I kind of it's got a good full flavor to it, and it's not too hoppy. It's, it's grown good. on me too. What about so seven point nine as well? Yeah, I said seven point nine as well. Uh, but Glenn, you know what? It doesn't matter what we think. No. We have a proprietary algorithmic uh, mustache twist scale computer that we built in order to empirically and scientifically deduct what the rating for this beer should be uh we like to give our ratings just for fodder yeah it's like when you take a picture of something and then you put your finger next to it for scale yep we're like the finger exactly scale we're like the middle finger right of the scale the beer right scale uh anyway glenn uh so so what i have to do right now is just type in these facts in the mts computer and then in a few seconds we'll get our empirical score for the golden nail from you need to you you went to went uh, brewing company in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, okay, so, so we said um, that the alcohol is 5.0%. Per- 5.0%. The bitterness units, the IBUs, 21. The SRM is 5.0. And the price was 8.99. Okay. 8.99. Uh so anyway, Glenn, let's, let's give it a couple minutes, and we will have the empirical score for the uh, gold nail from Ointa. Okay. Brewery. Gosh, this is taking a while. Yeah, it's really got to chew through this Usually, one. Usually, you know, it's, it must be thinking about this one quite a bit. It's so. a flavor, you know, because right. you were saying there's a lot of flavor in it. Right. And the Salt Lake City connection. Right. We haven't done that stuff. State. Yeah, exactly. Probably has to adjust for tax... You know, ratings and all that stuff. Got to download the demographic data, the stage, That's and other yep. okay. important data. Okay, well, it, in any case, Glenn, let me go grab this uh, printer off, and then we will, uh, let's see here, get this thing, and then we'll talk about what the MTS computer said about the uh, Ointa Brewing Company's uh, gold nail. Okay, so we got I got the report right here. Uh, I'm going to flip through this thing. Look, there's a lot of ins and outs to this and I don't want to get into all of it but at the end of it there's going to be the, some graphs and charts here somewhere and, okay I think okay found it uh, okay on page 165 um, it looks like the MTS computer completely agreed with us both what? of us for Whoa. I, this is again something that only happens like once or twice uh, and it came in at a 7.9 is it a full moon? It must be. A full I think. It, I believe it is. Is it high tide? Uh, Seven point nine on the MTS scale, uh, according to the MTS computer. Wow. So um, MTS computer agrees with this. The only thing left to do, Glenn, is to check out what the snobs over at beersnob.com okay uh, have to say about this. And let, let's just you know just to devil devil's advocate the uh, MTS computer <laughs> to show what you could be having as your rating. We're going to go to beersnobs.com. Uh, okay, well, the beer snobs don't have a score for this yet. Well, there you so, go. Uh, that says it all right we there. Are, so, yeah, we're, we're first uh, to get out there. Typical. To, first in the market to um, uh, to rate this beer. 
Well, I'm glad we did, Brian. I like I like giving these new breweries a, a shot. And this is I I feel like this is a bigger brewery just because going around the nation, not around the nation. I've I've gone to different states and seen it there, and they must okay. have a pretty good distribution going on. This is you know I I think you've probably seen it in liquor stores, but I just happened to pick it up tonight and thought about it and decided it was probably worthwhile to talk about. So it was time. Uh, Seven point nine, uh, a very good score. For this brewing company, and uh, maybe I'll I'll try some other other stuff when I yeah, get a chance. The hop nosh, the hop nosh, nah, eh, probably not that one, but that's right. We'll we'll, we'll work, work past that. Okay, Glenn. Uh, well, that means it's time for interesting posts from Genuine.com the last two weeks. Or so, uh, what do we got this week? All right, Brian. Well, first up, we have a tack by uh, how do I how do I describe this this particular member? Brilliant, um, brilliant. Before Some time. might say brilliant. You know what they say? Like there's that fine line between if. If madness and brilliance, Edison was on our Tesla was on our site. Yeah, Nikola Tesla. That's yes. a good with the hair we're, we're, yeah. and the electricity. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. This this okay. So uh, actually, it was you, Brian. It was you. It was me. You posted this, and it is titled "England's Smallest Castle Is for Sale," and it isn't terribly expensive. Hmm. And this was a immediately caught my eye because ever since I've been a little kid. I've always wanted to live in a castle, or at least stay in a castle. Someday. That's yeah. like a bucket list thing. Yeah. And when you click through to this Board Panda article, I say article, it's like a paragraph and a bunch of images, but uh, it tells you a little bit about this uh, lodge. It's a grade two castle, Molly's Lodge, near the village of Long Compton in Warwickshire. <laughs> if you are an American, yeah. you have no idea what this means, no, and I, I think no if you're British, you don't know what it means either. Right. What you need to know is that it was built by a famous British architect, Edward Bloor, in the 1830s, and this is the same guy who restored, uh, he, excuse me, he extended Buckingham Palace for Queen Victoria. So, he's been around. Yeah, he's, he's been there and back again. But it's a, but the, but the interesting part about this castle, I'm using air quotes here, is that it's a one-bedroom, one-bathroom, living room, uh, and dining room with amazing grounds. And that's pretty much it. So here's the thing about this castle is that it it has everything that you would expect a castle to have. It's just very small. <laughs> it's like you have a castle bedroom, and it looks really cool and everything like that, but it's just very small. And it's got a castle-like king, you know, kitchen. It's, just, <laughs> it's pretty kind of small. And it's got the grounds are amazing, and yep. it's even got a guest house, right? Which is over the, the garage. Same size. Which yeah, exactly <laughs> the same size. Uh, so anyway, it's like it's if you ever wanted to say, yeah, I own a castle. That's a good pickup line, you know. Well, I own a castle in yeah. England, you know. Man, I tell you what, after Downton Abbey, that could do some serious, uh, yeah, some serious. I see some serious potential there. Street credibility there. Uh, and you know, the great thing about this too is if you're using it as a pickup line, that there's only one bedroom. <laughs> So you could say, "Would you like to come stay at my castle?" Right. And unfortunately, there's a, when you get there, you're like, "Well, there's only uh, well, there's only one bedroom." Isn't there a guest house? I'll sleep on the floor. Well, <laughs> sleep on the, Brian used air quotes. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, it only costs uh, five hundred fifty thousand uh, British Brian, pound. I did the due diligence. Okay, and that equates to about six hundred eighty-seven thousand USD. So half a mil cool. gets half it done. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's on uh, 0.61 acres, so it's on like kind of a a, a larger ground site. It's a, like we said earlier; it, the grounds look really awesome. They're really nice, except they're you know they're not. It's not a huge acreage; it's just a little bit of acreage. What do you bet? So there's tr- there's huge trees all around. What do you bet? Like yeah. ar- on the other side of the trees are like a Walmart 
and a uh, McDonald's and <laughs> a, like, be, a bustly street. Be. I don't know what's going on in Warwickshire, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty into this idea. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I think that uh, maybe I'll go buy it. Brian, I might be going to England this fall. And in the event England. that I do, in, in the event that I do go to Jolly Old England, you should England. call up uh, a Century Twenty One <laughs> right. real estate agent and say yes, I'd that like a showing. you'd like to go see this castle. I would like a five minute showing. Exactly. Yeah, I, that'd be fun. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, anyway, if you're interested in the uh, castle, go over to gentleman.com and uh, click on the thing, and then uh, we will we will also. Um, we will we will be agents. We yes. will act as agents for that sale, uh, for a mere ten percent commission. Yep. Uh, we will make sure that things happen. So, yeah, we we, we have a bunch of I connections. Think we have like in a, Warwickshire. Yeah, like a marketing code or something like that. We get if we affiliate link. We, yeah, affiliate link for <laughs> it's for somebody buying the web off of our website. If they buy the castle, yeah, we get a kickback. Kind something. of a long shot, but. You know. That's why I posted it. Yeah. So I was like, I you know, I could use ten percent of right. seven hundred thousand dollars. Like you know, a, I mean a that would dollars. Help. Yeah, that would help a little bit. Uh anyway, Glenn, uh speaking of helping a little bit, uh we're gonna move on to an interesting post from our good friend, our old friend, our new friend Zamoose. He's everybody's friend. He's here, there, and everywhere. And he has posted this story from Atlas Obscura about a pecan pie vending machine. And this is a little three-note article from our good friends at Atlas Obscura, and it is all about, in Texas, there appears to be a one-of-a-kind vending machine, uh, which is denoted by a giant squirrel holding a pecan. Uh, And what is in this vending machine is entire pecan pies uh that you can buy by just walking up throwing some money in the machine and you get a pecan pie to take home with you uh they're up to, they they put new pies in at, at 24 hours uh, a day every 24 hours to make sure that they're fresh uh and they are supplied by the nearby Bort- Bertle pecan farm so you got fresh pecans in their pies which are in the vending machine <laughs> This is a brilliant idea. This is like the marriage of two great things. Automation and pecan pies. All wrapped up into one. And a giant squirrel. And a giant squirrel. Yes. It can't get any better than this, Brian. What I love about this vending machine, aside from the fact that it houses whole pecan pies, is that they have tried to use faux wood paneling on it. Uh, is 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 that just like a veneer i can't tell from the picture i don't know yeah but it looks like a big chunk of wood it's not you just know walking up to it it's not your everyday vending machine yeah and i think that the fact that it says 24 7 love pecans on the machine (laughs) the fact that they're letting people know if it's four in the morning and you need a pecan pie and you're just outside of and you're just outside of austin texas we got you covered it's really not that far, it looks like. Yeah, it's, a, it's you know, an hour away from Austin. Man. Or, if you're in Austin, and it's four in the morning, right? I've been there, yep. and I've been like, you know what's really good right now? You've been be there at four in the morning? That, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I've been in Austin, and I've been four in the morning, and I've been like, you know what would be really good right now? A piece of pecan pie. Migas. 
Uh, Migas. <laughs> that too. Migas and then some pecan pie. Oh. And now we know, Glenn. If I would have known back... This is one of those things. It was like, if I would have known, then I could have done something about it. But here we are. Finally, technology is caught up with my six-year-old self. Man. Uh, and uh, deployed this this great invention out into the... Uh, the world. I only have one suggestion, and I'm looking at the picture very closely to see if they... Yeah, they don't have it. Um, what, would it kill them to offer some ice cream alongside the oh, pecan yeah. pie? See, that's, Maybe some whipped yeah, topping? Yeah, that would be optimal. Just, just get it done. You've already yeah. got a sweet, sweet vending Look. machine with a giant squirrel. Yeah. It just needs a little a la mode, and everyone's happy. Pecan pie really does need some yeah. little bit of extra By itself, something. It's, it, yeah. it, or coffee. Exactly. Well, Glenn, I, you know, what can you do? They're already giving us the moon. Right. And we're asking for more. We give us some stars as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, Brian, the last tack we have today is a doozy. And I kind of feel like there may have been a mistake in how we chose these tacks. I chose all the tacks. Brian chose all the tacks, which is no surprise that uh, this is Brian's tack. Yeah, another one of mine. No, I actually, I chose this tack. And because it's, well, because it's uh, there's a lot to talk about. Let's unpack it. Right. Um... It's titled, Newly Sober Scott Stapp Claims to Have Been Visited by Scott Weiland's Ghost. Right. Um, and the story, much like you might believe from the title, is fairly odd. Um, but Scott Stapp, the lead singer of... The, the much embattled lead singer of Creed. Former lead singer of Creed. Oh, that's right. That's right. Formerly, he's just he's on his own now, right? Right. He's Well, he's, on, he's in some weird offshoot band with a bunch of other... Ush- Musicians that were in bands. It's like the Island of Misfit Yeah, band. the Island of Misfit Mans, yeah. <laughs> Guys. Um, and anyway, this is an AV Club article, and it talks a little bit about um, Scott Stapp's, you know, trials and tribulations with uh, fame and uh, drugs and alcohol and yep. the downward spiral that he had, which kind of came to a head in 2014. Um, and I feel like before that, they tried to do a reunion tour with like there a big... There was. Cause we, because uh, there was a... I think they were, they were they had scheduled to play at Arrowhead Stadium, maybe? Mm, maybe? That was... Yeah, it was something like that. It was like Sprint Center? It was a big deal. Like yeah. a big stadium. They tried to do a stadium tour, and it fizzled like really quickly. And it turned into a club tour. It, yeah, it, it backpedaled very fast, and then it turned into no tour, I think. Right. I don't think they had like the second leg. I think they just stopped. Um, which is you know, which is kind of weird considering the massive fame that they had. Um, it's surprising, yeah. but not surprising at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, it's very in- yeah. It's I'm, I'm getting the tall grass on this. So Scott's tap. Um, he basically yeah. Let me let me run this down. Sure. Okay. Because I I thoroughly before I thoroughly vetted this before I put it on gentlemen. <laughs> and basically Scott's tap. Me and Glenn. The thing about the thing about Scott's tap is me and Glenn always talk about Scott's tap because. <laughs> We always refer to the arms wide open thing right? as, you know, when a sea change happens, mm. but you're totally willing to accept it. We always bring up the arms wide open. With arms wide open. Thing. And uh, so Scott Stapp is a favorite topic of ours. And so I saw this and I thought I'd post it. And um, basically, so Scott Stapp inadvertently rented the exact same tour bus that Scott Weiland overdosed on. And he says, he claims that he went into the bathroom and was looking in the mirror and he was visited by Scott Weiland's ghost. 
He won't go so far as to say that he actually saw Scott Weiland. He just had a feeling that Scott Weiland was there telling him to sober up. And so uh, ever since then, he did that. And he, uh, he, he, so he's living the clean life now and he's on tour and things are good again in Scott Stapp's life. Uh, so I, I felt good about posting this to drumlin.com. You know what I thought about when I read this, Brian? Uh, there's a very, there's many variations of the story, but this is like in Scrooged, Bill Murray's character character gets you know greeted by the ghosts of his former yes, uh, yeah, uh-huh. you know the three ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Scott Stapp only had to go through one ghost. One. That's all he needed. But that's all he needed. All right. You so, got to hand it to him. Uh, you know, as soon as he felt that vibe, he was like, uh, I'm done. You know, because he said that it was almost like, you know, Scott Stapp. He, he was just, he was, Scott Weiland was, was, was there with him and saying, this is the path that you could go down, my friend. Uh, and said, no, sir. I, I feel bad laughing at this because it's a really serious, like, kind of. It's a serious thing. It's a serious Scott thing. Scott it's, it's great that he's done this and turned things around. It's true. And, yeah. Um, I just. Uh, it was too good. The fact that it was Scott Stapp. Yeah, I do. I want to say about Scott Weiland. Uh, first of all, I love Scott Weiland. Yeah, I want to like I, his music. Great stuff. Love it. You know, uh, no disrespect to Scott Weiland. And this is an unfortunate story, but yeah. Uh, re- I mean, prior to him passing away, he actually was on tour and he came to Lawrence and he came to Lawrence like within a week of. Somebody posting on the internet right. a live video that his band had played, and they were they were terrible. I mean, they were, they were just really bad uh, playing some former SDP songs. Yeah, it was like, like his that. current band was playing the, the former yeah, band, and it yeah. was just horrific. And they had just posted that, and it was this huge thing on YouTube that everybody was making fun of. And then he was in he was in Lawrence, Kansas, and I went to go buy some beer at the local beer store. And they had a stack of Scott Weiland <laughs> tickets, like a hundred of them, and they were like giving them away free. They were beer coasters, uh, you know. Like at that point, you know that that <sighs> is not a tour that's going very well when they're trying everything they can to get some beer tickets sales. out the door. So anyway, I don't know. Does that lead credence? Whoa. to Scott Stapp's story that that uh, it was a premonition. I don't know. Wow. But, uh, you know, who knows? Scott Stapp certainly had arms wide open. He did. In, uh, in accepting his, his twist of fate. So Probably should have been dead on a Sunday morning. But uh, he's not now. Um, well, anyway, Brian. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, two... Two, you know, this is a big, big applause. Yeah. Oh, I go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, he, 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 bring yeah. it in here. He, he yeah. really does deserve it. That, yeah. I can't imagine what it's what it's like to try to turn your life. Oh, sure, in that sure, sure. Respect. Yeah. So, no disrespect no, yeah. there. Yeah. But saying that he got visited by a ghost. Yeah, I remember the Scott Weiland thing, and it was, he was, he was, it was, it was so sad watching him because first of all, he was just like emaciated and like a shell of his former self. Yeah. And he's trying to sing. I can't remember which STP song it was, but it was it was it was like one of their main songs, and he couldn't. There was he didn't a lot know the of words, and he was like, uh, "There's a lot of confluence there, where you know, it was just uh, the fact that he's singing some song from 1996, yeah. and 
totally different band and they're just trying to go along with it and it was a terrible rendition and they were oh, it was just, yeah, it was just not a good situation he didn't know the word yeah it yeah was, it was i was gonna uh, add something to that i can't remember so anyway yeah well uh so anyway but the the upside is scott stapp based on that scott stapp is doing very well yeah he's uh you know he's got his arms wide open for the rest of his life and uh you know so he's he's moving on down the road and that's 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 totally cool with me whatever it takes yeah i'm kidding scott stapp to get uh down that down that road man those mid to late 90s band you know, there's a lot of tragedy with lead singers and frontmen from those bands. Yeah. I mean, and drugs, basically. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of stories of they're just dying really way too young. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It was the 90s. It was, it was the 90s. 20 years ago. I lived through it. Yep. Barely. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the Gentleman Toast this week. Mm. And uh, we went round and round and round about this and we decided that no, we there didn't. was <laughs> only one way we could go with this toast <coughs> and uh, this is inspired by a post uh, by our good friend uh, stalwart gentleman community member Razorback someone that has done so much the glue for the, the gentleman glue community I, I, would, I would think he's a superstar I would okay. say if there was he's a lottery pick if there was a NBA okay of gentleman posters, he would be in he number one or number two uh, drafted, but not a one and done. He's a four year guy. No, he's like a he's like a he's like a med student. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, Razorback posted this article, and it is not really an article. Sorry, sorry, it's a video. Razorback posted this video, and it is all about an ode to Kansas City burnt ends. And uh, I'm just gonna cry a little bit again. So we, I wanted to send out this toast to Kansas City Joes, formerly known as Oklahoma Joes, uh, the house, the temple where burnt ends uh, currently reside. It's Mecca. It's my Mecca. Now this video is great, it, and you can uh, it, the video is titled "Burnt Legend: The Story of Burnt Ends," and this is a Kansas City burnt ends are a Kansas City barbecue staple. It's something that was that was created in, in Kansas City, uh, not really created. You can't really create burnt ends, right. but they gained popularity in, yeah. in Kansas City, and now you can find them some places in Texas, probably some places in Memphis, you know, wherever the stalwart barbecue places are, you can probably find these things. But in Kansas City is where they originated. And uh, this video is all about how they came about, how they became popularized, and they talked to all those Kansas City barbecue joints, all the usual suspects, and they break down uh, burn-ins and who you know what the different people say about them and how to how different people make them and all that. Uh, so anyway, it's great. It's a great video, uh, all about something that you you and I love, you know. Uh, but the point is that. There's five or six places in Kansas City where you can go. There's seven or eight. There's nine or ten places you can go in Kansas City to get burnt ends. And there's only one real burnt ends place to go, and that's Kansas City Joe's. That's right. There's it's it's like the mustache twist scale. It's empirical. There's it's empirical it, evidence. Authority. There's empirical evidence that it is the only place to get burnt ends. It's not the only place, but it's the best. It's the best. Consistently. Yeah. 
I I don't know I don't know what to say. I know we've talked about Burnings a lot. Uh, we, we we so we were talking before the show about other places in Kansas City that yep um, are you know that are famous are known for burn ends yes and uh, you had brought up uh, I talked about uh, the, the only other, well, the only other place in Kansas City I've gotten is Jack Stack okay yes so I've been to Jack Stack and gotten them I have too. It's like it's like fried bologna or something like that. It's not the same. No, don't don't go to Jack. There, it's like a world difference between Jack Stacks and Kansas City Joe's uh, Burnins. I have I have an antidote about Jack Stacks, Brian. Mm. Uh, I had heard I, I, it was last October. I had not been and gotten their Burnins, and I'd heard that they were like this. This is a this is a burn-in. You need to get Burnins at Jack Stacks. Okay. All right, I'll get Burnins at Jack Stacks. I go, right. I get a menu, and I'm looking at it and. The waiter comes by and is like, "Hey, what what do you guys want to eat?" Uh, and my wife got a uh, uh, a Bloody Mary, which is side side note is amazing. Jack Sacks because they put burn ins in the olives. Oh wow! They stuff the olives with burn ins, so it's pretty good and it's a good yeah. Bloody Mary. Anyway, okay, That's she got the Bloody Mary and something starting to warm up to this. Yeah, thing. yeah, and, I know, right? So we had a Bloody Mary. I think actually no, we had a Bloody Mary before we. We sat down, so I was feeling good anyway. <laughs> right, um, had the burn-ins and the olives, you know, good stuff. And I go to order, and I said, um, you know, I, I, <clears throat> I said, you know, I hear that your burn-ins are th- that's your best dish. And he said, oh yeah. He said, no, what kind of burn-ins do you want? And I said, wait, what? Well, <laughs> you know, burn-ins. And he said, yeah, but. There's uh, there's obviously beef burn-ins, chicken burn-ins, pork burn-ins. And I I I said the exact same thing, and I said, no, 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 no. Those aren't burn-ins. He's like, well, yeah, they are. And I was like, and I, so I had to like, I was getting the look, I was getting the look, so I, uh, for my wife. So you flipped the table over. Yeah, so I I proved my point. I said, okay, I will just have the, here's your burn-in. The the burn-ins, the beef burn-ins, please. (sighs) And so I got them, and sure enough, not only were they not really truly burn-ins because they use that is wow yeah that's amazing they were really fatty they were like super fatty and like kind of gel- I, I I have to say that I've had a bunch of barbecue things you know being around Kansas City yeah I've, I've done a lot of barbecue and burnt-ins are the it's it's the weirdest thing because you know you watch this video and they talk about how it was kind of an accident these yep. things so like most like a lot of interesting, great creations, they were a complete accident that these things were created. And DeLorean, that no, really. that's the case. Um, <laughs> but that this is like my favorite barbecue thing. Like if I had to choose between this and brisket, I would say, you know, a hundred times burn ins. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll take some brisket. Oh, yeah. I'll take some ribs. You know, whatever. Like I like barbecue in general, but this is the. Like the the very peak of the pyramid mm. for barbecue to me is burn ins and maybe that's because I grew up in uh, Kansas City but around Kansas City uh, but uh, anyway Glenn so I w- when I find out that other barbecue pl- it's hard to find burn ins other places yes. and most importantly that other places don't do burn ins quite right no no uh, being able to be so close to uh, Kansas City Joe's is very fortunate for us because it uh, that that is the place where you go to get the uh, the official real uh, solid burn ins based on our experience. Now you have gotten burn ins locally, yes, and and it 
And that was a very apt name for the uh, the burnt ends <laughs> is like the verb that happened to me when I got burnt ends locally. Uh, this is uh, it's a toughie. Me and Glenn went to lunch one day at a local barbecue place in yep. Lawrence, Kansas. Yep, and the owner of the, the joint was espousing his very enthusiastic very enthusiastic about his burnt ends and I got the burnt ends and I was enthusiastically curled up into a ball into a (laughs) on my bed sucking your thumb for six hours (laughs) after eating the burnt ends so Uh, anyway it could go wrong oh but like all great endeavors in life there's a good chance of failure but you gotta you gotta swing for the fences and and hope for the best. That's right. And uh, you know where you don't have to swing for the fences and hope for the best. If you go to Kansas City Joe's, you know every time if you go there on a Monday, Wednesday, or on a Saturday, which are the three days of the week that they have burn-ins, you'll be in good shape. Oh my goodness, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. I've also had now you uh, in the video they talk about Arthur Bryant's, which is the originator, right? That's the original place where they yes. It, to back up, the video talks about the Playboy article from 1972, where the this is a notorious article where this author talks about how Arthur, it's a food critic, Ar, a food critic, and yeah. Playboy magazine talks about how Arthur Bryant's is the greatest restaurant in the country. He's he's dined at the the finest restaurants in New York, and he misses Arthur Bryant's. He talks about how you know they're they're chopping up the pieces of burn ends and just giving them away to free to customers, toss them to customers, and yep. he's eating like a what a ten dollar hamburger yeah. in the seventies and right, and wishing that he had this you know throwaway meat from a barbecue mm-hmm. joint. Yeah, so I've had Arthur Bryant. Now, let me let me let me put a little disclaimer on this. I have the, Arthur Bryant's is not the Arthur Bryant's it used to be. Obviously, there are many locations. It's a franchise now. Yep, I don't think. It's even the original owners, maybe. I think I'm I'm not sure, but so I had one at one of the newer locations, and I I knew that they were famous for burn-ins, so I got burn-ins. And this guy goes into this uh, look like a crockpot like looking thing, and scoops something out with a ladle and plop, and it's like all saucy and everything. And I said, no, 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 the burn-ins. And he said, yeah, those are the burn-ins. And I look at them, and they're in some kind of like red sauce. It's like, okay, well, this is. Yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll try anything once, and I and I did, and it was horrible. It was really not good. The uh, the in the video, the Kansas City Joe's guy says that some places will say it's all about the sauce. No, like, no, it's all about the meat, you know. And so that's you know that that tells you all you need to know right there. We, we've we've covered we've covered attack before on the podcast. I remember this vividly, where they talk about cardinal sins of barbecue. Yep. And one is if you can't smell the smoke when you come in the, you know, if you don't right. see like the smoke smoker on the outside, yeah. um, and if they uh, talk about their sauce and how great their sauce right. is, what are you covering up? That's what a sauce is for. Right. You're, well, right. I'm speaking in, I'm painting with a wide brush here, but right. with with barbecue, I gotta say when I have a when I have a plate full of ends in front of me, mm. and I've got some barbecue sauce to the right of it, mm-hmm. you know, sitting there. And I want to have a little bit of barbecue sauce, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to desecrate the burnt ends with that barbecue sauce. So it's, it's the hardest thing for me to do. What like every three ends, I'll put one into the a barbecue, just a little, yep. just a little barbecue sauce. Yep. But not because it has it or it needs to have it, but because because just can want, just yeah, just, you know, just a little something. Here's what I do, Brian. I counteract that by getting fries with it 
yes. and get the fries and the barbecue sauce. See, that's a good idea. So then I'm, yeah. I'm you know... Getting the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, right. well anyway, It's just Glenn. one man's... All right, Glenn. So I'll, let's go technique. to Kansas City right now, and let's stay, uh, stay in line... Uh, for the barbecue, which is <laughs> it's like probably a black, already forming, it's a Black Wednesday, and uh, we'll we'll go there and, and get some burnt ends. Sounds good to me, Brian. Okay, well, uh, great post uh, from Razorback, great find. I would personally vouch for this this video. Yes, if anybody out there hasn't had burnt ends, they need to go to Kansas City and go get some. Don't go to some. Don't go to Look. you know Texas and get your burnt ends because those aren't going to be real. You're going to get them if you ever have burnt ends. You say this is. BS. This this was trumped up to be this great thing, and what you got to go to Kansas City Joe's and have them. That's the standard. And, and then tell me that they're not great. Right. Tell me. And then tell us a place that makes it better. Exactly. Because I will hop in a car and drive there immediately. Not happening. Anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, obviously, let's get off our soapbox. We're opinionated because we, you know, whew, man, I gotta take a breath here. That was. Uh, that was pretty hard to get through. Um, Speaking of soapboxes. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the... Uh, topic. topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, an uh, interesting thing happened that I was very passionate about, and I, I hope that you are too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix has changed the rating system for the first time in several years, um, and they have changed it in an interesting way. So... Netflix used to have a five-star rating system, uh, but the interesting thing about their particular rating system was that they didn't say, like, most sites, like, say Amazon, or IMDb, or Metacritic, or Rotten Tomatoes, or Apple, or every other site on the internet. They, what they do is they gather user ratings on something. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they show you the composite of those user-gathered ratings, and that, therefore, makes up their rating system. Mm-hmm. Well, for the last 10 years, Netflix for the last 10 years, Netflix has not done that. What they've done is they've used their computer algorithm to guess what you would rate the movie as. Three star, four star, three and a half star, and they present that to you as the rating of the movie. So it's been false advertising for the last ten years. But you know what? They decided. Well, we're going to fix that. We're going to make this even better now. Uh, and so they've taken away their star ratings, which previously they allowed you to, you know, four, five, three star rate things, uh, and replaced it with a thumbs up, thumb down, because they they've really been looking at dating sites. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, like dating sites now, you just like swipe left or right to like yeah. say you like something or yeah. you don't. And so it should be way easier. So it's like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And uh, the twist is now they give you a percentage rating that says what, how perc- like how percent likely you are to like the movie. Okay. Yeah. So I have a, I have a question. Yes. And I... <clears throat> And I don't. I, I've never. I, I've been fortunate enough, and I think it was just. It was a little bit before when it started to gain popularity. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. I've never been on a dating site. So, but it seems to me that even though there's like a you know, swipe left, swipe right, yeah, whatever component, mm-hmm. right, feels like when it comes down to, it, it feels like there are more things at play 
than just that simple interaction for evaluating whether or not you want to um, uh, continue start a relationship with that person or if you're right. interested in right. you know what I'm saying like right. it feels like there's a little bit more it's not coming out right but you know what I mean there should be more investment in resources than just you should a, maybe like yes or no of, yeah it should be more nuanced right but that's the modern thing is that right? You know, it's a yes or a no. I, I, I guess I mean? that's there are different types of uh, dating. I'm using air quotes. Yes. <laughs> well, they're they're talking about Tinder. Know, they market it as like Tinder, like where you're. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know, yeah, it's Netflix, and there are a bunch of suits, and they have no original thought. So that's true. Uh, they don't really think that the fact that you know, hey, we're a movie service right which is completely different <laughs> than a dating site but they see that as, as so marketable and they love the you know well yeah thumbs up and thumbs down that's like way cooler than what we're doing now you know what i mean think about how think about the huge missed opportunity they have here i i feel like this is a huge missed opportunity because i love sites like rotten tomatoes because yep. you know the people that you may not agree with the people right. and their ratings, but you know they have taken the time and thought to like really piece down what they mean and why they why they feel strongly about this movie. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a good aggregate from people, and they've done a good job of like this isn't a real person. We're kicking them out. Right. It's like a cross section of a lot of different critics that look at the. Uh, all I want is somebody to tell me is this movie worthwhile or not. Yes. I don't want. An algorithm to guess yes. whether or not this movie is worthwhile. I want to know from real people that have wa- that have been because a movie isn't like it's an emotional, evocative experience, and I want something that tells me what other human beings have thought of this movie, not what because I liked this other movie that was kind of like this and it had the same star and right all this. So, that's why I always, I always go to Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Uh, I just look it up in Google, and it tells me what the star rating is. It's never... I don't... I Ever since Netflix started using their star rating system, where they're yeah. guessing at what your guess right. would be, I stopped paying any attention to it. Yep. it. It's been useless to me for the last 10 years. And this is even less useless, interestingly, because I was looking through... When they changed their system, I went through their app on my Apple TV, and... I found that there was a range of percentage-wise how much I would like this movie between sixty and ninety-five percent, but most of the stuff fell within a bell curve of like seventy seventy-five percent you like, you know, seventy-eight percent you might like. That means nothing. It means zero. <laughs> it has no use to me at all. There's no usefulness in how do I say like it's sixty-eight percent chance that I'm going to like this movie 75% chance that I'm going to like what difference in what world does that even make like their algorithm says that I have a seven, like a 5% more chance to like something than the other thing unless I mean, it's, it's, it can't even be more useless than it possibly is I mean it's amazing I yeah I totally agree I guess what I was getting at with uh the wasted opportunity here is because they have a bunch of people who are paying every month, so it's not yep. just like a free service. Nope. So it's kind of gated that way. And if I don't know how many hundreds of millions, people, maybe not hundreds of millions, maybe 
Yeah, close to hundred million it's, people. It's a global company. Uh, you know, everybody's basically on Netflix. So uh, let's say it's a hundred billion accounts. Yeah. If point one percent of those people gave thoughtful reviews right. and were like super into giving reviews and like, yep. what an amazing service they could have on their hands. Yeah. That could do. I mean. Oh, I, I can't even think about. Yeah. yeah, if they actually added legitimate reviews from actual users, mm-hmm. which is what everybody else does right. for good reason, if they actually did that, I would. That would be infinitely more useful to me. And they can like the, the way it is now. If you if they have a movie that says five five stars, yeah, or I'm sorry, whatever the system is now, percentages, right? Hundred percent, Brian. You're gonna like. I don't know. Mary Poppins, the untold story, and you don't like it, you're blaming Netflix. But if other people say, right, like you don't you don't dislike Rotten Tomatoes if you watch a movie that you don't like and it right. is rated highly, you dislike all the people who rated it that way. Well, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about that is that I find that the reason why I go back to okay, this is this is an underlying truth about life. Yeah, is that. The reason why I go back to Rotten Tomatoes and I always check Rotten Tomatoes, I could go to Metacritic, I could go to Rotten Tomatoes, I could go to Google, I could go to IMDb, yeah. I could go to Amazon, mm-hmm. I could go to you know a litany of other sources. I always go back to Rotten Tomatoes because I find that without thinking about it, Rotten Tomatoes most aligns with, when I see a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, I say, that's a 60% movie. Yeah. When I see a seventy percent movie on Rotten Tomatoes, that's when I when I watch it, that's a seventy percent movie. You know, so it closely aligns with your. Well, it it it, it seems like the most accurate way to view, like you know yeah to view movies uh, that I've found the, the best way in, in a glance to say like is this movie legitimate or not? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're you're probably trusting something too much, or maybe you you lose out on a couple of things or whatever mm-hmm. but for the most part what i look what i want to know when i'm about when i'm interested in a movie and i'm about to watch it is this worth two hours of my time right and rotten tomatoes will tell me that netflix will not tell me that no they'll, t- they'll, they'll tell me a terrible movie mm-hmm. because i like three other movies that they think their algorithm has figured out that i would like this other movie which is not true yeah. you know and so what i want to know right before i'm about to watch movies is is it worthwhile for me to watch it? Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, every time, will tell me that. You know, is it a, you know, if it's 60% or above, yeah, I'm probably going to take a leap. <laughs> if, you know, <laughs> Netflix, everything on Netflix that shows up in my queue, mm-hmm. like, my entire interface is above 60% as a recommended movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. Ernest put, goes to jail? Yeah. 72. Well, I love Ernest. I do, so, too, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, 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 the importance of being earnest. That's is, a great um, one. Yeah. Earnest scared stupid. <laughs> also good. Um, but anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, so we're both in agreement then that the Netflix ratings are complete trash. And a huge missed opportunity by a company. It is. It's a great miss. Yeah, that's a good point. That They have a great opportunity to kind of do the right thing, but they continually... Find ways to not. I don't know. As you were talking, I feel like I wonder if part of it is they just want to get people watching something, and so their yeah. business isn't built around. They just want to get people watching something as quickly as possible, right? And so you shouldn't be thinking about like, oh, what should I watch? What rating does it have? Just watch it. You know, just watch that's kind something. of there. Just shovel them. One hundred and forty percent. Yep. Yep. 
six stars. I'm fine with him saying, here's something that we think you might like. Like, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. You're wrong, but that's okay, because you, right. you only think this. Right. Um, I'm fine with him giving me a list. Yep. Like, here's what's on your queue. Here's all these different categories. Here's a list of things we think you might like as, like, an ancillary thing. But it's, like, their main thing. Can, can I air a little grievance here about Netflix while we're, while we're on the topic, yeah. Brian? I cannot stand. It's a tease, right? They have a show for, I don't know, three months. I kind of ignore them. I'm excited oh, that it's yeah. there. Right. And then I find out it's, it's going to be gone in a month. Is. Yeah. It's going to be gone in a month. Yeah. And so then you feel like you just got to... I, I, I know there's no good way around it, but it's a first world problem. I think, I, eventually, I think eventually they'll be, you know, like Netflix will be like the... Standard. The uh, they'll be the the movie company. Hmm. You know, blockbuster. Like, there used to be the computer company, <laughs> IBM. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, there used to be the electric company, General Electric. Yep. General Electric. And there telephone used to be company. there used to be the telephone company, Bell Telephone. ATT. Yeah. And uh, they'll be the movie company, and it'll be Netflix, yep. and they'll have everything forever, and that'll be you'll pay your three hundred dollars a month, and you'll have access to every movie. That you've ever wanted to watch, and then there'll be the television company, and there'll be the internet company, and that'll be Google. Yep. And uh, we'll be set. We'll have all of our companies. Well, we'll know. We'll know if this rating thing is legit. If when strange. Oh, go ahead. Everything. Everybody hates it. There's a, there's tons of articles about. Now I will say that everybody hates change. So there, there right. it takes a little bit of time to get Facebook's figured got out, a new but, design. But basically, yeah. Everybody hates this whole thing. Everybody hates it. I, I hated the previous rating system. I hate this rating system. I hate Netflix. I, I do. I love what they do. I just their execution is terrible. It's just stuff like this. I'm like, this is so easy. All you have to do is like let people rate movies, and then you know display what the rating for the movie is. It's that simple. It's a very simple. Pr- you, that's so easy to do. It's so easy. But yeah. instead, they they have to spend all this time and effort to get away from the thing <laughs> that is the most obvious and simple answer to the problem. I know, man. This is what I hate about Netflix. Can I find a way to quit you, Netflix? Yeah, and I was, I'm a subscriber for the last 17 years. Yeah, so. I, 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 I'll put in for another 10. I'm good. Uh, what I was going to say was, we'll know if it's accurate or not, the new rating system... Based on its score that it gives me for Stranger Things Season 2. Okay. Because yeah. it needs to be like 105%. Right. That's a likelihood that I, I, I will want to watch. I was a big fan of Stranger Things. It's almost universal. Everybody loves Stranger Things. That was a good... That was a good, good I series. think I'm only going to be let down with, with Season 2. Those, th- like, those kind of things, yeah. yeah. They're not built to last. They're not. And I feel like it. Was, they caught lightning in a bottle. And now they're trying to manufacture lightning yeah. in a bottle. The music, the yep. vibe, yep. the story the budget. Line. It was, yeah, this is good stuff. Okay, Glenn. Well, we, Stranger Things is aside, because Netflix actually did a really good job with that. But Oh, they did. They've done a lot with, yeah. Yeah. Speaking um, of Stranger Things, Brian. Yes. That means it's time to talk about <laughs> the uh, final topic tonight, which is the question from the gentleman mailbag. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, there was, there's a lo- been a lot in the news this week. Um, that United Airlines has been in the news because they had 
security officers, not not United Airlines officers, but security officers at right. an airport. It was Chicago PD, right? Yep. Yeah. No, it was a police department. They were security Chicago security secure, secu- Chicago airport security personnel. Okay. Drag a doctor off of right. a United Airlines flight. Left him bloody. All this stuff because they asked him to deplane because they had oversold the flight and he refused to. And uh, so that's been the news. And so the question is, what's the worst experience you've ever had on a flight? Uh, clearly, it's probably not something that's no. hit that level. But well, Brian, I, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, flights, I haven't really had a bad experience. I've had the occasional turbulence. Um, who hasn't? Yeah. Um, I've flown with small children. Not fun, but it gets you know what happens. It's fine. Right. Everybody has to do that, uh, or be around somebody who has to do that. Yeah. But I have been around people who have had bad flights. And so I think of two off the top of my head. One of them, I was actually with you. It wasn't you, but um, we were, and it's really not that big of a deal, but we were we were on a flight going to Austin, I think, for South By or coming back from South By Southwest. And a lady in front of us was talking. Oh, yeah. And she had her phone out. Yeah. And the, the stewardess comes by and says, hey, we're about to, we're about to leave. Uh, can you put your phone away? Or maybe she, she she was a she was an older lady, an older lady. She, you know, she was just talking. Yeah, she wasn't doing anything malicious. And I get really annoyed by people on flights like that. But she was like, just she's just one of these like Southern Belle, like yeah, older sweet, ladies, sweet like woman. super sweet, nice lady. And she was just, I feel like she was telling us about her family yeah. or something like that. And you know, just just talking to us. And the stewardess comes up and like. Reprimands her, yeah, and basically said, uh, "Did she take away her phone or like no?" To take she away her was phone? like, "Yeah, she came by and she she said something to the effect of put your damn phone away, yeah, or, I'm you gonna take it than, away from yeah. you and shove it up your, yeah, it, you know, whatever." Like it was, it was very, it escalated quickly. It was, it was, <laughs> she. <laughs> She was talking a little bit longer than she should have, but it, the attendant came by and said something really. <laughs> it just was terrible, harsh, and yeah. I, I felt like it escalated quickly. And the 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 the, the poor lady was like, "Oh my!" You know, like yeah. she she had no idea. She was, she wasn't paying attention. Yeah. She was just talking anyway. Yeah. So that's one, uh, and that was Southwest, by the way. Yeah. I know Southwest gets lots of credit for being awesome, and they generally are. Yeah, but that was not a case where they were very good. That was yeah. It was um, the other time. Was I was on a flight and we were flying to my wife and I um, were flying to California and I was in the middle she was on the aisle and I was sitting next to a guy who was at the window and the guy had his headphones on the whole time you know probably his twenties right um, and he fell asleep and he leaned his head against the window yeah. and he was still asleep like all the way through the descent and we landed and um, it was. I want to say I don't I can't remember which airport this was at. It was in California, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. But there's water involved, right? So you okay. land and you see water, yeah. kind of deal. And he had fallen asleep and stayed asleep all the way through the landing, right? And it was kind of a hard like when the wheels touched down. It was kind of a jolt, right? And his head, <laughs> he's asleep and his head's against the window, and it kind of jerks up and he slams his head against the window with the impact. And he immediately like screams. <laughs> oh wow! Because he thinks he's gonna die. <laughs> and we're like, no, 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 we're landing, we're landing. Because he's, it's, I, you know, 
he woke up this way and he was just like, oh! Wow. <laughs> and an otherwise very peaceful landing. Yeah, this right. guy screaming next well, to me. <laughs> anytime anybody on a plane starts screaming, it's discontent. You don't want yeah. That's the last sound you want to no, hear. No, 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 no. Because, no, 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 no. <laughs> in effect, you're all watching for something to go wrong yeah and when it. somebody screams that's like the scariest damn thing you can, like that's not no and then he was like super embarrassed because right and it was just great i mean it was not great but it was right it was great mm. so those are my you know okay. not very terrible yeah i've been pretty fortunate right 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 what about you brian well i've had you know uh i was drug off this flight, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I haven't had anything bad. I haven't, yeah, I haven't been. Look, I'm not a, I'm a follow the rules kind of guy. If, if, if somebody at United came to me and they're like, oh, you're, you're going to have to leave the plane, unless unless they said something to me like, well, you're going to have to leave without your girlfriend, Laura, or something like that. Right. I, that's something I would like. Yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah, that, that, that's where the foot comes down. Yeah. But if, if I was traveling solo and they were like, you're going to have to deplane the, you know, deboard the plane, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I get it. You're in charge. You're, you're an airline. I get it. You know? So I'm kind of a rule follower in that way, unless they cross the line. Right. Uh, but uh, I can tell you, if they cross the line like they did with this guy, man, they're dragging him off the plane. Yeah. They were right. forcibly dragging him? Like, yeah. Like, not, not just like, Taking him yeah. off the plane, yeah. Anyway, forcibly that that would rub me the wrong way. Uh, but <coughs> I actually, you know, I try to find the humor in situations like this. I had I I'd had some kind of, you know, uh, I would describe it as like normal travel disturbances where sure. you have like, flights canceled and rearranged yep. and moved around, but it's no big deal. Uh, I hadn't had anything major happen until. Uh, August actually of this this year, uh, and uh, or uh, this past year actually August of last year, and uh, I was in New York and I was trying to get back to Kansas after a short vacation, and um, we were approached by the airline to they 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 said they would give us uh, airline credit for both of our flights to give up our seats because they'd oversold the plane and we talked about it and they, they offered us to, to, to get us to Kansas City from New York quicker than we were supposed to get there anyway. So it was like a yeah, everybody wins. Yep. And we give up our seats and everybody wins. So we, we said, yeah, we'll do that. You know, we get, but the thing was, it was really weird. We had to get on the plane and they said, we're going to come and get you when we're when we've done this, we're going to come and get you, and we're going to get you off the plane, and we'll put you on this other flight, and everything will be just fine. And so we do that. We we board the plane like normal, and sure enough, the guy comes up. But this time, he says, well, we actually – somebody didn't show up for the flight, so we can only give you one ticket of compensation. So we're, we're only going to refund – you know." A, one ticket but you're still going to be on this flight but you know and you both can be on there and so i said well you know that's fine that you know one person gets you know you know laurel get the the credit and that's mm-hmm. that's just fine and so we we deboard the plane and and thinking i'm going to be in kansas city just the same time anyway uh there's some bad weather in new york around this time <laughs> and uh we we got <laughs> tickets to go to the next plane and and sure enough there was a little bit of a delay 
And then uh, we finally boarded the plane after the delay, and then we sat on the runway for a long time. I think it was, if I had to say, I think it was probably deliberate. We sat on the runway for a really, really long time. And then the pilot got on the intercom and he said, "Uh, I've been, you know, flying too long, and this is extending my my allowed time of flying, so I'm going to taxi you back, and hopefully we'll we'll find somebody else to uh, fly you to Kansas City feel like that's something they should have cleared up before he got in the cockpit. Exactly. I, I, if I, looking back on it, I think that that was a deliberate kind of, you know, thing that he was doing to, you know, just have it be done with his work day. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's pleasant. Uh, and so anyway, we went back to the runway and got, you know, got back deplaned after about an hour in a plane. Oh. And uh, then we were assured that we were going to get on another flight, go back to Kansas City. That didn't materialize, and we were told that we wouldn't, you know, whatever. So we left the airport, and then we got called back and said, oh, there's another plane that's going to go. And so we came back in through security and all this stuff. And then we were told, oh, no, that was that's not going to happen. We ended up staying the night in LaGuardia Airport in New York, and it was the worst experience. Like, it was <laughs> freezing cold. There's no place in LaGuardia to sit. We were sitting in the food court, and like, trying to – there are people, like – trying to sleep on the floor it was just it was total it was terrible uh and so yeah we were booked on a plane the next morning at at seven in the morning uh and i didn't believe it until we we took off but finally we we got on there and we we, we (laughs) took off but the best part of it the, the my favorite part about the whole thing was like there was the guy the southwest guy that originally offered us he was there throughout this whole thing, so he kept seeing me because I'd come up. I kept like coming to him to ask him about, "Hey, hey buddy, yeah, what, what's going? You know, why is this in this or that happening?" So he said he saw me like four or five times, and the fifth time or something that he saw me, he like looked at me and he was just like, "What? Why are you still here? <laughs> like you should here. be on a plane." To keep, he's like, "This is insane," you know. And so like, we were anyway. I, I got a real big kick out of that, just the look on the guys because he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, the Southwest guy, and he 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 was like, "I am so." He's like, "I am so sorry. I never imagined that offering you this, you know, quicker <laughs> would be, flight would be to New York is." Uh, you know, has resulted in this. So anyway, uh, that was the that was the craziest flight story that I've ever been involved in. And it was it's one of those things where I spent my whole life not having any major problems, and I've always heard about people having to sleep in airports and everything like that, and never yeah. really had that happen to me. But this time, I had it. It happened, and LaGuardia is the worst airport to uh, have to sleep in. Oh, I bet I've been there it's once. Terrible. Ah, man, I've never been drugged off a plane. which no. I can. You know, that's good. I've missed a flight. I've had to sleep in an airport. Yeah. I've done this and that, but never Yeah. Never had anything forcibly done to me. Well, the good thing about this is that what, what's coming out of this is that there's a big call for airlines right now aren't really responsible for canceling flights. Over overbooking. Overbooking or anything yep. like that. And there's now there's a lot of up upswell about you know, what rights do passengers have? Well, they should probably have some more rights than they do right now because stuff like this happens when the airports really or the the uh, airlines in complete control of all this stuff. So, you know, I know the overbooking thing is so that they don't lose money, but I would be happy to pay, I don't know, fifteen, twenty dollars more a ticket if I knew that I would have that ticket and not have any problems. Yeah. But then again you when you buy a ticket, that's kind of implied that you're going to have the ticket. It's the weirdest thing because, you know, yeah. the, the the baggage thing. Yep. Like, 
when fuel went up big time, mm-hmm. they said, well, now we have to charge for having bags yep. on the airline. And then, guess what? The fuel went way down back to where it was before. And that baggage charge still in place, yep. you know? So, yep. I don't know. I mean, that's... The airlines will get away with whatever they're going to get away with. Unless it's Southwest. Well, yeah. Southwest. They cut yeah. corners. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the experience I had was on Southwest. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I don't know. Everybody's got their sure. stories, I guess. But uh, anyway. JetBlue, Virgin, Alaskan Airlines. Those are your three. That's, That's it. it. That's all End you got. End story. Okay, Glenn. We'll, we'll update the list. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll tell you. We'll break in <laughs> with new uh, airlines to to peruse next week. Next two mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means that's the end of the episode. Episode number one one one. Flight one 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 has landed. Flight one 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 has landed, and you did not get drug off it. No. Well, maybe. Well, maybe you did. <laughs> you couldn't leave. Yeah. Maybe you did. Yeah, maybe you did. <laughs> uh, you could have hit that emergency eject button. <laughs> And we wouldn't blame you. You're floating in the Atlantic. Uh, um, but uh, that means that's the end of the episode, Glenn. And that means I want to say thank you to anyone who's made it this far. Mm. And I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Uh We will see you in two weeks for episode 112 of the Journal of the Podcast. Thanks for listening. Good night. Safe travels.